This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. Good evening. This is Reverend Gary Lubin serving as deacon with the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to our daily devotion in the early evening for individuals and families, which can be found on page 139 of the Book of Common Prayer. Today we celebrate the feast day of St. Thomas the Apostle. And instead of a reading from the daily office like we regularly do, our reading is going to be from the feast day celebration of St. Thomas, which is John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. Now let's get started with our worship together. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. A reading from the Gospel according to John. Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with the other disciples when Jesus came, So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace. Be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet come to believe. The Gospel of our Lord. Today's Gospel reading describes two of the many post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. John describes the scene of the first one like this. The doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. They were afraid. Now, is there something wrong with that? Not really. Fear is an inherent part of being human, part of our DNA, very primal. You know, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, flight or fight. The disciples' adrenaline must have really been pumping and flowing. They were rightfully afraid of the Roman establishment, including soldiers who condemned Jesus to death and nailed him to the cross. And then there was a surveillance of the religious establishment who were active agents in that crucifixion as well. And still on the hunt, no doubt, for Jesus' followers. 
So they met behind closed doors, locked down in that house. But Thomas was not with them. We can only wonder why not. Why, was he too afraid to show up? What gives, Thomas? Well, let's research the events leading up to Holy Week. Thomas plays a pivotal role. When Jesus learns that his friend Lazarus had died in Judea, he says to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Being alarmed, the disciples exclaim, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? The disciples decide to go with Jesus back into the danger zone. They were stirred to action by Thomas, who shouts out, let us also go that we may die with him. You know, like one of those famous lines in history, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead, or the Lakota Sioux battle cry, I am ready for whatever comes. Thomas exhibited a wild, maybe even reckless display of courage, as well as the disciples. In spite of his outstanding courage, he is better known as Doubting Thomas. After Jesus shows up to all of them except Thomas, the joyful disciples tell him, We have seen the Lord. And when they do, he replies, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Well, I think the upside of this is that Thomas is very practical and down-to-earth. Thomas is a realist. He wanted physical proof. He wanted to see for himself and touch the nail wounds and put his hand in Jesus' side, his hand in Jesus' wound, to be literally in Christ. He was invited to do just that on meeting the risen Christ, as the transformed and distinctly different glorified body of Jesus in his second appearance to the disciples a week later. So that was when Thomas personally acknowledged and sympathized with the pain and suffering of Jesus. Very personal. He blurts out, my Lord and my God. I really like Thomas. Very earthy, very earthly. He is a realist and not afraid of speaking his mind. He could be very frank, even blunt in your face. During his farewell at the Last Supper, Jesus says, And you know the way to the place where I'm going. Where I'm going, you cannot come. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thomas blurts out, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Well, so Jesus tells him, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way of love. Like Thomas, I would also like to have physical proof. How about you? Not going to happen. But thanks to Thomas' chutzpah and leadership, we can live today in the full assurance of faith, of conviction, of hope, of a blessed assurance that Jesus is mine and yours. 
I think it happened in this particular way because Thomas confronted his fear of danger with strength, determination, daring, and confidence. Gosh, in a word, courage. And maybe that is exactly why Thomas was absent that first week. Rather than be hunkered down with his fear-filled colleagues in that upper room with all the doors locked, Thomas was venturing outside, being exposed to risk and ready for whatever comes. The same kind of courage needed to reach out to create a beloved community in today's world. Like, for example, the courage of those volunteers who are helping host homeless families this week and next here in this holy place of the Church of the Redeemer. Volunteers are still needed, by the way, in case you are inclined to sign up. Now, I also, I I guess you know that today is the winter solstice at 4.48 p.m. to be exact. At Church of the Redeemer, we will be celebrating the longest night tonight at 7 p.m. in case you are able to join us. The gospel or good news is that the days are becoming longer and longer now, more and more light from the rising sun to illuminate, recognize, and embrace the hope and meaning of the Christmas season and to prepare ourselves for whatever comes. Are you ready? Amen. And now a reading from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, out of darkness, let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us now say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now let us pray together the collect for the celebration of the Apostle St. Thomas. Ever-living God, who strengthened your Apostle Thomas with firm and certain faith in your Son's resurrection, Grant us so perfectly and without doubt to believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God, that our faith may never be found wanting in your sight. Through him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us now take some time pausing our worship together, if you need to do that, to offer up our prayers of intercession thanksgiving and praise for the world, for the church, for our national life, for the social and natural orders, for family and personal life 
in particular for those who are suffering and for those who have died. Let us pray the colic now for the human family. It's on page 815 of the prayer book. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth, that in your good time, all nations and the whole human race may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now let us pray the collect for social order and social justice. It's on page 823. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart and especially the hearts of the people of this land that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatreds cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now finally, let us pray the concluding collect from page 139 of the prayer book. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and a day is past. Be our companion in the way, kindle our hearts, awaken hope, that we may know you as you are revealed in scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Now go in peace, hope, joy to love and serve our God in the name of our teacher and savior, Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm.